3: What is up, everybody? How you doing? Happy Thursday! Welcome to the Plazzo Podcast. Mike Virginia here with Big Ben Chase. How we doing, man? Hey, it's it's actually less than ninety degrees out, and it's been over a hundred for most of this week, so that's good. We'll take that. <laughs> that's right. Uh, thank you, guys, everybody, so much for joining. Appreciate it. Uh, no Michael Govea today. He's on vacation. We hope he's doing well and enjoying his time off. Well deserved. Exactly. Well deserved yeah. vacation. Exactly. Um, he does a lot of stuff, a lot of content, and uh, I'm glad he's getting able to take some time for himself. So, um, without further ado, let's dive into some business time real quick. Um, for those of you guys who don't know, for the schedule this week, uh, today we got our half hour uh, show with with Ben for the for the prospect show. Tomorrow on the Big Show would be me and Britain at uh, 4 p.m. Eastern, and then Sunday it's going to be me and two special guests for the Week 23 Ooh. preview. So make sure you join us on that one as well. So I'll tweet out the links. But uh, without further ado, Ben, how's everything going with uh, with your fantasy baseball leagues? How you doing? Uh, you know, I've got a couple that I'm in the hunt. Um,
2: one that I just in the last like week or so admitted defeat i'm sitting at like seventh in that league and i just it's a roto league don't really see a path for me to pull that off over the final month so dropped some guys that i've kind of been hanging on to and went for uh instead of having extra good starters i decided to go in and grab some prospects in that league because it's a dynasty one so nice um, but other than that you know life's been keeping me pretty darn busy with uh with everything else going on we just started high school sports season here so for a a reporter in a small town that that basically takes up three four of
3: your nights per week because you got football and volleyball and everything else so yeah very cool very good um all right well so for the for for the show here let's dive in who's your for those of you guys who don't know Ben's going to be talking about some prospects that may have an impact for your fantasy baseball teams coming up in uh, September here can't believe it's already September here Ben I can't believe we're wow. getting so close to the end of the month I feel like August flew by fantasy baseball season's flying by football's coming up I mean it's been crazy but um yep uh who are some guys that might have let's start with your first guy who's a who's a guy that you're looking to possibly add uh and maybe in some dynasty formats some deeper redraft leagues who's a guy that would potentially be coming up that could help uh helps owners? you know probably
2: more of a dynasty ad than a redraft but a guy that i think could absolutely help in both formats is robert gasser of the brewers um lefty big lefty awesome stuff I can't imagine they bring him up the rest of this year in a starter role, Mm -hmm. but folks that you listen to and that you talk to around the Brewers organizations keep talking about him possibly coming up in a David Price type of role. And everyone remembers how awesome David Price was at the end of the the year, that year that he came up as a rookie with uh, with the Rays. That's the type of impact that Gasser could have out of the bullpen. You just let him cut loose for an inning or maybe two or three, Right. He's gonna, you know, one time through the lineup, he's just gonna dominate people, and that could absolutely impact your strikeouts. That said, coming into this offseason, you get that kind of performance for a month out of him. Coming into the offseason, if you got him on your dynasty team, that's a huge trade piece because a lot because he's likely gonna have a, a rotation spot next year. You've got, I believe Burns is a free agent and Woodruff is and yep. one of the two of them is. Like I, I always flip that around, but um, Thanks, Corbin. Yeah. yeah, and so you've got one leaving in free agency. They're going to want to have that spot filled with a solid arm. I cannot imagine them the going big money for an arm, especially when they got someone like Gasser sitting right there who can step in. If they could, if they knew Freddie Peralta was going to be healthy, I don't think they'd have any problems handing over one of the rotation spots to Gasser. But. He's a guy who I just, I I love watching. Every time he pitches, he comes from a goofy arm angle from the left side. It's really tough for hitters to pick up. Like I said, coming out for two, three innings to end this year, I absolutely can see him being a guy that that makes a big impact for dynasty teams, especially helping you get those final few strikeouts you need and keep your ratios where they need to be the rest of the year.
3: Yeah. And I was going to ask you, too, like, where does he project long term? Like, if he comes up in a David Price role, I know you just got finished saying that, you know, he's he's a guy that could potentially be in the starting rotation. Uh, maybe if they let, you know, Corbin walk. Um, where does he, wh- I guess my question is, is where does he rank? Like, is he an ace guy? Is he a two, three, four? Like, is he going to have an impact for fantasy teams next year?
2: Yeah. It, I think what you're looking at, um, People get really turned off this comparison because of his 2023 season. But Mm -hmm. think what Lance Lynn was for about the last five years a guy who could put you up a ton of innings, a crap ton of strikeouts, and would give you average ish whip and ERA. That's really the type of guy that Gasser could be. He's got another level potentially that to where he could get to be a co ace. I don't know about an ace in fantasy okay. leagues but that type of guy that's a, a number two or a co-ace on a regular r- rotation that's a really good fantasy number two number three um i could absolutely see that role but you know if you guys have had lance lynn in say like 2000 through 2002 or uh, 2020 through 2022 he's yeah. been just he, that's the type of pitcher we're talking about a guy who can rack up 200 plus strikeouts and has got the type of body and frame and everything to just go out there and pitch every five consistently and give you those he's going to have some home run stuff because he comes from that goofy angle and sometimes it can flatten out um, And but otherwise it's really, there's going to be a lot of strikeouts just because he's he's get he gets a goofy angle because of his arm angle, he gets a goofy angle right. on his slider and so that is just almost an unhittable pitch but he's got to locate everything else along with it and he's really done well as the season has gone on locating in triple a and that was kind of an issue to start the year but he's mm-hmm. gotten so much better as years gone on like i said i think for sure you're talking a middle rotation type of guy that could eventually potentially have some might actually be a better fantasy pitcher than a real life pitcher just because he's probably a mid rotation guy in a ro- in real life but sure. fantasy wise because of those strikeouts he's
3: going to definitely be a better impact Right, and so sounds like this is somebody to, for us to obviously keep an eye on Dynasty this year, but maybe yeah. for some redraft formats next year, somebody we could be maybe taking a shot on? Absolutely, yep. Okay, cool. Good stuff. Uh, thank you guys for joining so far. We got a couple people in the live chat asking some questions. Chad wants to know, uh, Charlie Soto has fallen to round three. He's a strict upgrade on the fading, and the fading Griff McGarry, right? Wait, McGarry just has
2: lost where the plate exists over the last like three weeks, which is just a shame because the Phillies need arms. I could see Mick Abel being another guy. We're not, I'm not bringing him up here because I still think he's got some, I think they'd prefer to keep him in the rotation. Whereas McGarry, I could see them liking him in the bullpen and boy, if he would have kept performing the way he was in June and July, I think he's an automatic for the Phillies to throw into their bullpen down the stretch here to try and push for a higher spot in the playoffs. But that's not happening um charlie soto the one thing to say you're talking about a teenager going into the into the minor leagues you've got griff mcgarry who's in the upper minors you know that you know he's shown that he can make it through full season ball and everything else and have really good numbers charlie soto hasn't yet but he's also a teenager with a ton of upside you're playing kind of a risk card there either way mcgarry's probably got a pretty decent floor as a reliever um but may not be a starter whereas soto you're talking a guy who's almost certainly they want him to be a starter but he's probably four or five years away so just it depends
3: on what you're looking for in in your fantasy league or your dynasty league there so right great excellent um, you know and again for those of you guys who are just joining Ben and I are talking about some guys that could potentially have an impact on your leagues this year and obviously for your dynasty for dynasty and redraft um, again uh, that's what the show's about today for the for the prospects Ben who's your second guy that you want to talk about today
2: Uh next one is going to be probably a guy that by only issue bringing him up even is that people get way too excited because of the prospect type and that's Pete Crow Armstrong and one of one of those guys oh one of the absolute (laughs) best defenders you will see in i don't care minor league or major league baseball the guy can just go get it in center field yep the thing is who's the best offensive player for the chicago cubs right now cody bellinger yeah what position does he play center field yeah (laughs) and so you're either bumping cody to a corner spot or first base i mean granted he could absolutely handle first base, yeah. but you're likely bumping him to a corner spot in order to bring up Pete Crow Armstrong and then benching someone like Ian Hap, who yeah, Hap hasn't had an amazing year, but you're still talking to a guy who's got a one Oh four OPS plus. So, I mean, he's got, he's had a rough year and is still an above average hitter. Um, PCA is going to bring all kinds of defense. And I really, I want to see that defense. Like I'm a defense junkie. I love watching really good defenders do their thing, but I don't know. I, I would love to see him get the full call up to the majors. If he's there, this is a guy that can, if you want to project out what a 10 home run, 25, 30 stolen base guy looks like over a month that's really what you could maybe expect out of pca but he's going to be in if he's up he's going to be playing a lot because of his defense he's not he's not going to sit very often is what i'm trying to say
3: yeah and i'm I, i'm guilty as charged i love pete crow Armstrong. i loved him coming into the season as well and i'm with you that the, the, he's a defensive stud but at the same time too like you had mentioned like especially in that outfield with the cubs i know they're in the thick of things for the wild card right and they're fighting for a playoff yeah. spot um where, where do you fit him in? Right. So I, 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 for me personally, as a fan of baseball, I would love for him to call up and watch him just roam the outfield uh, and help, help him out defensively. I just don't know where he plays. So. Um,
2: yeah. I mean, the, I don't know. You, you look at their lineup about the only spot they're getting below average production is first base. And that's even improved since uh, they acquired Candelario. So, right. I mean, their lineup right now is stacked with guys that are all giving you above average production and so that's the difficulty is you're likely taking an offensive hit potentially once again this is a rookie coming up you don't know he might come out and go gangbusters for a month but you don't know that and the team definitely does the team knows whether or not this is a guy to pay attention to
3: so agreed um, agreed yeah excellent yeah man um all right so we have another question jamie wants to know Will there be any good call-ups before the season ends that would help a guy in a deeper setting jamie i assume you're talking redraft um but that's what we're talking about today some of these guys yeah. that we're, we're, we're chatting about are some guys that could potentially help your teams um again it's worth noting too with the collective new collective bargaining agreement and keeping guys under you know a certain amount of plate appearances and things like that um you know some of these guys who are going to be calling up who knows if they have full-time spots who knows if their production uh mm-hmm. sets in so a lot of these guys that are coming up and ben i don't know if you agree with me or not here but at least in my personal take anybody that's going to be coming up, they're just going to try to get seasoning on uh, to get them some major league experience. They're going to monitor their at bats. Um, Anybody who's in the playoff hunt already, as is IE somebody who's got a good lead on the, on the division. um, I doubt we see anybody impactful, really impactful rookies down the stretch in the last month of the season here. But Ben, I'm interested to hear your take there.
2: That's I think that's where we're at. You might see some guys come back up that have been up already. Um, Right. uh, I, I don't think the Red Sox are in it, but if you're going to ask me, is David Hamilton or Sedan Raffaella coming up, I'm probably going to take David Hamilton. He's been up. He actually wasn't Agreed. terrible while he was up. Yeah, his, his batting average was terrible, which drugged down everything else. But you're talking about an ungodly fast guy who had like a 230 BABIP. I don't think that's going to happen long-term with him. He's going to be a guy that posts really good BABIPs. But I just, I don't know as far as those quality clubs where you're seeing a guy fit in, but um, you know, there, there are plenty of clubs that are struggling toward the end of the season. And um, you know, you're seeing, there's a good chance you could see uh, I don't know someone you brought up uh, when we were talking ahead of things uh, you brought up Jordan Lawler. And yep. to me, you know, the diamond backs are just, just sinking like a rock right now Mm -hmm. and that's sad i loved what they did early in the year they're a really fun exciting young team jordan lawler has really done well all year long really hasn't hit that that block he started off the year in his block is what he did and then he's just kind of consistently played better and better all year long and he's he's walking more than he's striking out in uh, granted, just seven games in a but since his promotion, he's got a couple home runs, a couple steals, and he's walking more than he's striking out. That's a guy that could maybe come up to a team that's on the fringe. Yep. But even then, do they sacrifice defense to put him at short? Do they put him at third and then you're bumping somebody else? I just, you end up in one of those tough situations like we talked about with Pete Crow. You don't know what a rookie is going to give you if you're on the fringe or you're competing. I can't imagine a guy like that gets full time unless he's going to absolutely bazonkers. And then he's going to be really tough to pick up because somebody's going to, you know, we're down to the part of the year where everyone's got, you know, the guys who have fab dollars left. There's one guy in your stinking league out of your $100 fab, he's got 84 and he's right. going to drop 84 on Jordan Lawler and just blow everyone out of the water. You know, that's exactly yeah. what's going to happen
3: right and it's 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 funny too because like you know and it's so funny you mentioned that the, some of the guys who have already been called up possibly making a return like I could definitely see Colton Cowser m- maybe coming up yeah uh, back up to Matt help the Rose, but Matt Mervis yeah like some and, and even with, the, with these guys I don't know if they're going to get full-time roles either like no. I think nope. I think what you saw with Colton Kowser earlier in the season is probably what you're going to get out of them uh, if they were decided to bring him up in September just as a depth spot to give us a couple of, you know some guys some days off maybe Cedric Mullins um, you know um, and same thing with Matt Mervis, you know, try to get his bat in a lineup against, you know, he's going to sit against lefties, you know, he'll be in there as a, a, against some righties and hopes that he can find his power stroke there. But yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that take. I think you'll see more guys, um, uh, that we've already seen probably come up and make be more impactful than some of the other rookies. One guy I did want to ask you about real quick. And I know, uh, Adelis Garcia went on the IL. Is it possible mm-hmm. that we see Evan Carter for the Rangers come up in September? God. I would love that. I I have just been such a huge <laughs> fan of his. Uh, I just
2: he is one of my favorite players to watch. The thing that I I do believe might preclude him coming up is that they are so stacked with depth, and yeah. it's not just him. I mean, let's be honest. Robbie Grossman's their primary DH, and he's not a bad outfielder. No. You could throw yeah. him into left field, and quite frankly, he might play left field better than adolis does or plays <laughs> yep. plays a corner um right. but you got guys like uh Ezekiel Duran you've got they could bring up Josh Smith again you know you got a lot of these depth guys that you know Leonie Tavares. yeah and we've seen Bubba Thompson JP Martinez is up you know we've got a lot of this depth right now i just i have a feeling they're going to let that work out the rest of this year um and if yeah, like you said, if Adolis is missing some time, they're probably going to lean harder on throwing Mitch Garver at DH and Robbie Grossman in the outfield. You know, yeah. and that's probably more the route they go.
3: Hey, a guy um, can dream, right, Ben? Like I just, oh, I, I love Evan Carter I just, so much. He's, he, I, I'm with you. He's I, one of my favorite prospects awesome. right now.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. And, and and the great part is, if you listen to any interview he has ever done, the guy is so stinking humble. It is mm-hmm. almost sickening, <laughs> but he is. I mean, he's one of those guys that I don't know if there's anything he does where you just go, holy shit, but right. he does a whole lot of things that you're like, damn, like, that's nice. Like, yeah, that guy's going to hit 25, 30 home runs. Nice. He's going to probably start right. 20 bases. Nice. He's going to hit 300. Nice. You know, I don't think he's a guy that's going to put up with 350, but he's going right. to hit you 300. You know, he's going to, that's just going to be really impressive to watch.
3: So. yeah and i'm i'm really excited about him i mean maybe we don't see him this year i mean he is only 20 years old he it's worth noting that he is hitting 281 on the season 13 home runs 62 mm-hmm. rbis 22 stolen bases um i love him he's one of my one of my top guys heading into next year hopefully the rangers find a spot for him but i just love watching that guy hit um yeah. and actually just play baseball i mean as a baseball fan yeah. he's, he's awesome to watch so um before we get into your next guy here, Ben, uh, Jamie also wants to know, so would you keep Mateo over Mason? Wynn? other short steps I have or McLean and Tobar, I'd like to pick up an outfield player. Um, yeah. If you're talking about Jorge Mateo, he's been a cut for me for a while now, just the playing time yeah. not there. Um, he really only offers you speed and even that's kind of, kind of shaky at best. Um, uh, Mateo probably should have been cut probably a while back. Um, same thing with Mason. Wynn we talked about him, uh, actually last night I was on the uh, triple play pod. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Ben actually even brought this up, too, uh, a while back when he got the call. He's more of a real-life player than a fantasy yeah. player this year. Um, so I don't like either of those short steps. You have both. I mean, I would be looking to maybe, especially if you have McLean and Tovar, I'm fine with cutting yeah. either or both of them.
2: Frankly, yeah. And, and that's just, I, you know, a great comparison right there. Mason Wynn and PCA could be very, very similar players rest of year. Good call. I mean, just They're both just defensive studs. And their their contributions are going to likely be a lot stronger on that side of the ball as a debut. Now that doesn't mean that long term. I think that there's that there isn't a chance that those guys get better. But the rest of this year, I I wouldn't guarantee
3: anything more than a defensive focused contribution to their team. So, yeah, agreed. Hook 703 says i've been a ronnie ronnie mauricio doubter but still seems a oh, bit yeah. strange that he doesn't get a shot uh yep. yeah i'd be shocked if we don't see him in september to be honest but same thing i doubt the playing time is going to be there especially in, in in a format where you're going to feel confident starting him in dynasty mm-hmm. leagues obviously you're hanging on to him and excited that he gets the call to see what he's got but um, i doubt he sees enough playing time to be rosterable i guess in september but interested to hear your take there too Ben."
2: And that's actually going to bring me to a guy that I hadn't even mentioned to you, but looking over some things today, I don't think Luis Aniel and Cunha comes up to the majors, but I could see them pushing him up to AAA. And basically no. he and Ronnie Mauricio are very, very, very similar profiles. So it wouldn't make sense to stick them both in AAA. There's a good chance for Ronnie to come up, get some run at least. Like I said, I don't know that it's a full-time run, but... The Braves just got done playing the Mets. I just watched the Mets for three games, and I'm sorry, but you can find a spot for money Mauricio on that team. There's just <laughs> there's so many blank holes in their in their lineup right now that well he could absolutely where, fill in.
3: Where would you play him if you're if you're Buck Shaw Walter? Where does he play?
2: And that's just it. Is I don't know how much time he's ever he's ever had at third. Um, but I'm sorry, Mark Fientos isn't. The answer defensively there at all agreed um he can he can move in the outfield he's shown that he's got some instinct out there as a defensive outfielder i wouldn't put him in center necessarily but he would he would be at least kind of an asset the only thing is of the like random guys that are getting any playing time dj stewart might be the only one who's doing anything offensively although i gotta say his his uh Wednesday performance on the bases and in the field may have been the most comical that I've ever seen of a Mets outfielder, and that's saying a lot. <laughs> yeah. um, he tripped on his way back to second, and got thrown out uh, on the bases, and then he, I, I don't know, he just about fell over the top of himself trying to get a ball that Vaughn right. uh, Grissom hit to the outfield, which turned it <laughs> into a triple. So, I mean, he's He's definitely not a defensive guy out there, but when you've got guys like Daniel Vogelbach on your team, you, there's nowhere to play that guy defensively. So DJ Stewart yeah. has to play somewhere defensively.
3: This is the Palazzo Podcast. Up next after the break, Ben reveals his top 1,000 Atlanta Brave prospects in order. Agreed, And it's, 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 I mean, like you said, he's been hitting the hell out of the ball and he's a former, O. former, he, he played with Buck in Baltimore. Um, yeah. He's 29, 29 years old. Uh, we talked about him again yesterday too. I mean, obviously the production is not sustainable uh, with this pace that he's at right now. Um, but again, I've, I've always, I've always said this. I said this last night. I'll say it here, you ride the wave with some of these guys, yeah. you know, obviously if you're desperate for power, you ride these guys until the wheels fall off and then you cut them for somebody else. So, and
2: that's um, that, previous history with Buck is going to be a big thing because it's going to be tough for Mauricio to break in there and get that spot when you got Stewart there and Stewart Buck knows Stewart knows what he can do and can't do he doesn't know what this rookie can do so you know that yeah that's
3: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yep so Yep. Absolutely. Well said, Chad. Uh, Chad says, I remember when he was a 40 home run upside top prospect. Yeah. Uh, With Baltimore, I was excited when he came up and actually I really, really liked him when he first came up with us. And I was thinking to myself like, Hey, this guy could be a a cornerstone piece for us. Uh, And he played decently in Baltimore, but could just never get it to stick. And I think that same scenario probably happens in New York uh, as well. So um, Ben, let's dive into your next guy. Who do you got? So next one I'm going to look at
2: is more, not necessarily for your major league fantasy club, but someone for your dynasty that you can get a really nice look at the rest of the way. And actually I'm going to mention kind of two with this. There's a number of guys who stuck at one level all year long and are producing out of their minds. Jacob Melton of the Astros, who's now their top prospect after they had some big trades and then Spencer Jones of the Yankees have both been at high A all year long. I could absolutely see their team saying, hey, you know what? We're going to bump you up to double-A. We're going to let you see a little bit of upper minors pitching as the year gets done. And then we'll know what we've got from you going forward. I mean, that could be a huge thing for either one of them fast-tracking their path going forward. I don't see it helping your major league team at all this year. But that could mean that Melton or Jones is a guy that you think about Halfway through next year, Mm -hmm. Um, if they can show well at double A, they're going to be on a fast track starting next year. It's just a matter of they need to have that experience, and they've been at high all year this year, which is kind of crazy because both I think are 23. So, I mean, they're not young chickens just sitting out there. They're they're they need to get some run at the upper minors to kind of show they can handle it.
3: Yeah. I totally agree there. Um, Obviously not going to be – some, and either of those players are going to be guys that help you this year, but um, definitely somebody to keep your eye on uh, as they progress through the minors there. Uh, Ben, one guy I want to ask you about since we're talking about the Astros and a guy who got dealt from the Astros to the New York Mets in the Mm -hmm. Verlander trade, Drew Gilbert of the New York Mets, uh, in Double A right now. Um, I don't think we see him this year, Um, 22 years old. He's an outfielder, uh, lefty bat, 284 in the minors right now. Uh, 15 home runs, 51, or 15 home runs, 51 RBIs, and 11 stolen bases. Is this somebody that you're high on going into next season? Maybe as you know, if if, if the Mets just decide to go full in with the youth movement, um, do you like Drew Gilbert? I I adore Drew Gilbert, but in the way that, uh, frankly,
2: that causes people who don't like the Mets to hate Brandon Nimmo, and for Mets fans to absolutely love Brandon Nimmo. This is a guy that's going to go all out every play. And you absolutely love watching Drew Gilbert play the big game of baseball. But I think you're going to just, you're going to be overjoyed if he gives you 20 home runs. He's going to give you 10 steals too. That's not a terrible player. And he's going to control the strike zone enough to where he's going to hit for a decent average, get on base, but there's not going to be that. He's not a 30 home run guy. He's not a 30 steel guy. He's not a 300 type of guy. And frankly, he kind of goes nuts enough in the field that he's probably going to have dings up every so often. You know, he's going to end up running into a wall, chasing a ball every so often that you're like, God dang it, now I miss him for, you know, a week and a half because he's just, he's so after it. But in the clubhouse, his energy is absolutely contagious. As a player on the field, he's going to go all out to get you that extra base And a lot of times that's going to mean more runs for your offense and potentially in fantasy, but probably he's going to be more of like a six hitter or something like that. And so he's not going to be a guy who's at the top of the lineup scoring 90 runs, but from, you know, lower in the lineup, he's going to be an excellent base runner that keeps things moving. Just a lot of those basic baseball skills that you love to watch be done. He does them in droves and he's got all kinds of goofy excitement to his
3: game as well that's kind of fun to watch as well right uh, real quick i'm gonna put you on the spot here who who what what current player would you compare him to now in terms of like what kind of player is drew gilbert like who would you compare him to as a player in the minors or the majors now i mean
2: well is just the the attitude and effort is kind of your brand and type like i, th- I think mm-hmm. he can he can end up uh in the type of guy that can handle center field, but he's probably raw skill wise. You would think that he should be a corner guy. He doesn't have blazing speed, but he's just so he gives one hundred percent effort. He thinks through things well enough that he can probably stick in center. Um, right? You know, I don't think Nimmo's has ever really shown speed well, but he does. I mean, there's a lot of similarities in their game, in their games, quite frankly. But think with just a little more power. So, I mean, that's just yeah. – I think he's got a legit chance to hit 20, whereas that's a hell of a year for Brandon Nemo to grab 20 home runs.
3: Um, but I saw a good player comp. I was just doing a quick Google search that he got compared to, like, a Cole Calhoun and Adam Eaton. Like, do you agree oh, with that take?
2: Calhoun would be an excellent comparison. Um, yep. Adam Eaton was – I think for, folks forget just how freaking speedy Adam Eaton was when he first came up.
3: Yeah, it didn't I love always
2: him. translate to stolen bases, but the guy was racking up double digit triples. And mm-hmm. I just don't think Gilbert has that kind of speed. But if you want to go into fantasy impact, absolutely. I could see that right. being a fantasy impact pro profile.
3: Cool excellent moving on um really quick i wanted to ask your your thoughts on another player here and again i'm a little bit biased here for my own my own sake here but is there a possible and i know we i asked you this earlier in the before we hopped on the show uh maybe last night i think um and it's been rumblings in in, in in Baltimore that it possibly could happen. They asked asked Mike Elias this during a game uh, over the over last weekend, I believe, if there is a potential that Jackson Holiday gets the call to help this team in September. Um, I personally don't think it's going to happen. Mike Elias is a really really smart GM, um, and I yeah. think they're going to be careful with him in terms of again letting him develop and giving him enough time. Um, you know, I, I I would be shocked if we see him um come up this year. But any thoughts to that? Is there a chance, even a slight chance that we see him? I would imagine would have to take a significant injury maybe to maybe to get I, him up.
2: That's just it. And I was just gonna say I was listening to ah uh, I'm gonna have to one of the athletic podcasts. Um, they were talking, about, and I don't remember if it was Rates and Barrels or if it was one of their other daily shows. They're talking about the fact that Joy Ortiz is not up they don't have room for a guy like Dory ortiz who's an absolutely elite defender yep. and not a nothing with the bat and they don't have room for him up in the majors right now because they have such depth in infielders now right. you can argue that they could cut a couple of those guys and not really hurt themselves but they're also i mean jorge mateo is a guy who he has really good clubhouse presence and folks love that about him he does a lot of things well in the clubhouse yeah offensively he's not giving you a lot defensively Maybe. he was excellent last year he's not really shown up and been the same guy this year with the glove you're right but but that's got to be I mean that's a guy I ha- he's a glue guy in the clubhouse and I can't imagine them getting rid of of uh of Gilbert for, or of uh getting rid of Mateo for that reason. So right. that's that's going to be the difficulty is you kind of need to get rid of some of the, the Ramon Urias, the, you know, the
3: Adam Frazier's, the Adam kind of Frazier, guys off yeah. your team. Yeah.
2: And yep. some of these guys with a young team like this, you it's tough to get rid of those guys because a good manager says, I need those guys in my clubhouse. And right. especially if I remember right, isn't Hyde something like 40 years old.
3: Yeah, he's a young guy too. I mean, for, a for manager guy. wise, I mean, yeah. To
2: have a couple, have some guys that have some veteran experience that can say, hey, this is the way we play to back up your manager who's likely younger than any manager these guys saw on the way up the system. Almost he's
3: 49.
2: Some, I mean, okay. So see there yeah. you go. I mean that's there's a good chance they didn't see a manager this young on their way up the system. And now they're playing for a guy who's less than 40 years old. And I mean, not that much older. Than some of his players and so that allows him to have that kind of in between of a, a 22 year old listening to a 39 year old which is like hmm exactly uh, you know, but that 22 year old listening to a 32 year old well now you kind of have a bridge in the middle there and you kind of like to have yeah. that as a, a young manager
3: to- totally agree with that take in terms of just having that veteran pref- uh, uh, presence in the clubhouse and on the field, right? Like Ramon Urias is a, is, a, is a stellar third baseman in the glove. Maybe not so much with the bat, but he can play, he can play some, some third base, and he's, he's, he's great with the glove out there. Um, Jorge Mateo is a good speedy guy. Like I said, I mean, he didn't get a bunt down the other night. He's cost us some plays in terms of defensively out in the field. Short, short and center. I get they're trying to get some speed injected in that lineup because he really is impactful on the base pass. But mm-hmm. um yeah, I agree with that. Take a hundred percent. You're gonna have to get rid of some of these guys to bring up a guy like, you know, uh Jackson Holiday, Kobe Mayo, Connor Norby, any of those guys. I doubt yep. we see any of them this year. Even Kirstad I would be shocked if we see him too. Um, you know, uh I, I think what I think what we probably see from Baltimore is get a guy like Colton Cowser back up here um, and kind of see if what what he's got and see if he's figured it out. But um, and quite ben, frankly, what... I
2: think I think you might see a move with Holiday getting promoted to AAA. AAA, A. That, that could one hundred percent happen to where he's 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 really exceed, excelled at every single level so far this year. Why not give him a little bit of run at AAA to end the year and just see what he's got? Because As much time as he's had this year, I would be really surprised if they send him out as a, night what, 20, 19-year-old? If they send him out to uh, the Arizona Fall League because he's already played so much this year and they're kind of looking at him as a guy who can contribute in the majors next year. So I cannot imagine that they send him out to Arizona and say, hey, go have some fun out there because sadly we saw last year I, why is it blanking from my head? But we saw a fairly impactful prospect end up getting hurt and uh, is now not the same guy as he was when he went out last year and was kind of on the radar. I don't know why that's leaving my head. I just wrote this up. and it, Oh, Aaron Zavala. Yes, Aaron Zavala yep. went out to Arizona yep. Fall League, got hurt. And when Aaron Zavala showed up out there, you could have made the argument that if you're going to pick up uh, a guy – yeah, and that's that's another great point with Norfolk, but if you're going to pick up a guy between he and Evan Carter who could have made an impact in the 2023 season, you would have picked Zavala just because of the skill set. I mean, he's right. a guy who could play a few different positions, was getting on base at a nuts rate, and then he got hurt, and he just hasn't been the same this year coming back. I can't imagine the Baltimore takes that risk with Holiday and sends him out Great. there. They would much rather send him up to AAA, let him get some run all the way through the AAA playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get him get him some extra at-bats that way so you're in a controlled team environment that way and then give him the offseason, have him come back early for spring training and we'll see what he's going to do.
3: Absolutely. I totally agree with that take. Uh, I know we're a little bit over time, but I want to ask you about two more prospects this year and see Mm -hmm. if we can get uh, mainly one that we, uh, I don't think we see actually either of these guys across the beltway here in Baltimore uh, in the Washington nationals with Dylan Cruz and James Wood. Do we see those guys potentially come up next year? Like what's your ETA for these guys is my question.
2: I, I honestly, the way I've watched Dylan now swing a couple of times in the minors and
3: that guy's, he's a major league bat right now. I mean, he just yeah. absolutely is. It's absolutely <laughs> That's why I'm nuts. asking this, yeah. Because if you watch him, like, he, it looks like he's been a major leaguer already for, like, years now. And I'm like, holy shit, dude, this guy just got drafted, you know? So I can
2: um, 100% see him breaking opening day next year, but I would wager that just like Holiday, he's going to likely end up capped out in AAA this year. And probably there's a guy who very well might go to Arizona because he hasn't gotten a ton of at-bats as a pro yet. So going to the Arizona Fall League for Dylan Cruz could absolutely be in the cards. Uh, And similar, James Wood, if I remember, he missed some time at one point this year. Mm -hmm. So that could be another way for him to kind of get his, I guess, if you want to say 500 or so at-bats on the year is to send him out there. He's actually got 464 plate appearances, so he's, he's gotten quite a bit of a run. But for sure to get both of them up to AAA and then to kind of say, okay, well, now maybe one of these goes out to Arizona, maybe both of them, but if nothing else, I think Cruz is going to be the guy who's on the faster track for yep. simple purposes being you still got James Wood striking out almost hundred. Well, he will strike out over 150 times this year. Right.
3: Um, but a six, 240 outfielder. That's, you know, a 240 pound outfielder. He's the guys just a beast. Uh, <laughs> so I'm excited to kind of see him. I mean, those are my two favorite yeah. prospects, right? When, not, right now with the nationals, the nationals have actually have a really bright future ahead of them with yeah, the prospects they that they have between Cruz, James Wood, Elijah green, who I really liked coming out of, I believe last year's draft. Uh, He's only 19 years old. Yeah, he has. Uh, And again, I think that's just that comes with him being so young, and obviously, um, you know, some of the, some maybe some of the pressure of of him being a top pick. But he'll figure it out, I Mm. think. Um, Robert Hassel I like a lot too. Um, But you know, again, uh, it's Brady House is another guy. I mean, the Nationals got a lot of young talent in that in that farm.
0: Absolutely.
3: Um, And I'm excited to see how they. Yeah, I'm excited to see how they all pan out. But, uh, uh, Ben, anybody else you want to talk about before we head out?
2: I really don't. um, Frankly, I'm going to bring up just because I want to get folks hyped up so that we get a pretty good crowd for next week. Jim Callis is going to be with us next week. Now, we're probably not going to be doing as much player-centric questions next week because the reason I'm bringing Jim on is Jim's been in this business for years, and he's been in all sorts of angles with it and he can talk about what's changed in evaluating prospects in the last 30 years which is just a nuts perspective to have but he's been there he's been through the baseball america through the pipeline and through all these areas and how teams have changed and how frankly how writing about a prospect and evaluating prospects has changed so he's good that's the purpose for having Jim on. And I kind of told him that is when I invited him on and he really liked that idea. So I yeah. think that it will be a fun chat with him to just kind will. Of talk about, you know, where prospecting has come from and going to,
3: um, so get hyped, invite your friends. Yeah. You know?
2: <laughs> I'm pumped,
3: man. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely gonna be attending that one too. And I've loved the guests that you guys have brought on. Ben, my opinion you're one of the best in the game uh regarding prospects man and uh really give a a a good honest detailed analysis for all of these guys and i i know our listeners on the podcast love hearing about it uh Hook 703 i just want to make sure i i I address this question how in the heck do these guys yeah how in the heck do these guys make with with these guys in the way (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's not gonna be hard for one but i was gonna uh, say
2: i think the nationals could cut Every name on them. that list, <laughs> yeah. and probably not miss a step. Um, right, another guest I want to mention here, quick, that's coming up, Mike. Before we close yeah, out, please, I please. just got a confirmation before we came on air from Jared Perkins. Um, oh, and Jared does a lot of work with mental health in baseball. And for those of you who've been following kind of what's going on with college right now, college conferences are going ballistic they're being blown up and in 2024 you're going to have UCLA playing against Rutgers which is freaking nuts but what folks don't understand is yeah for football okay that's one day that they got to worry about maybe one extra day for travel something like baseball and softball they play Friday Saturday Sunday series add in a day of travel each way and you're talking about very very frequently college student athletes are going to have five days out of their week that disappear for a weekend series yeah and there's been a lot written about how that's going to affect mental health of players trying to stay with their grades and keep up with things is there also you know i was a college athlete it's a it's a full-time job just being an athlete let alone doing your classes on top of it absolutely so, I, I talked with Jared. I think he'll be an excellent guest talking about them. And then we can kind of get into some of the minor league guys. J, Jared's got a, tremendous. He's had a, he's got a podcast that folks should check out talking with players about their experiences coming up. And, but he is, he will be an excellent guest. That's going to happen sometime in September. I told Govier about it and he's like, I am coming on with Jared is on. And so <laughs> uh, we, we got to figure out when, when we're having this pod going forward, with yeah. uh Govier's new work schedule but for that's coming in september at some point
3: so that'll, that'll be fun man and for those of you guys who don't know Govier's in that space as well um and and, mm-hmm. and with his new job in the mental health space too so uh i'm gonna be interested to hear see how those guys interact and their takes on on, on certain things as well so uh that'll be a fun podcast as well um yeah, a lot of exciting things coming up on Palazzo, man. I, I I love the guests that you get, that you brought on. I enjoy doing these shows with you. I know when 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 Govier's not able to make it, and I'm able to pop on here and 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 talk with you, man. I always get so hyped with all these prospects um, yeah, that let's, are coming let's up. Just pop that up because Joe mentioned it. So yeah, the behind the seams is is uh, Perkins Podcast. Yeah, he does he he a great name. job with it. Yeah. So good stuff, man. All right. Well, hey, Ben, it's been super fun, man. This has been awesome. I I, I love doing these shows with you. I'd love to have you on the main show, too, just to, to talk about some of these young guys uh, yeah. as well, if we can schedule some time with you. But um, for those of you guys, again, who are just who came in late, uh no michael again tomorrow uh for the main show it's gonna be me and Britton allen uh we're gonna be talking about uh some guys that can help your fantasy baseball teams the last month of the season here some guys that are trending up and some guys that are trending down um we got a really really good show for you guys so make sure that you guys attend book your calendars tomorrow 4 p.m eastern and then sunday we'll be doing the week 23 preview show with myself tyler london and a special guest potentially um uh, time on that still tbd but uh ben thank you again man it's been super fun yeah. and um, thanks for stepping out yeah man absolutely happy to do it for everybody else get in the discord here get on twitter follow me mkb fantasy on twitter uh big gentle ben on for ben over there uh or x if you will not twitter anymore yeah. <laughs> um uh, and then get in our Discord. We want to help. Uh, yeah. It's a great group of guys who know their stuff with baseball and want to help you win your fantasy baseball championships. If you haven't done so already, make sure you like this like this video. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're on our quest to 1,000. We want to get there. Tell your friends. Steal their phones. Hit subscribe. Help <laughs> us out. <laughs> ben, have a good weekend, man. Thanks a lot. Everybody yeah. else, see you guys later. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Power prospect. Make a person.